Hello and welcome to another episode of Consumer, the European podcast of the Consumer Choice Center. As always, I'm your host, Bill Wirtz, with Billy Joel's pressure fading out in the background. You are listening to episode 132 on this Thursday, October 19, 2023. As always, if you want to support this podcast, do rate us favorably on all the podcast platforms and do go on consumerchoicecenter.org slash donate um, to uh, buy us coffee. Uh, this week, we are talking to... Marek Tatawa, he is the Vice President and CEO of the Economic Freedom Foundation in Poland. And we talk, of course, about the Polish election results, the implications for Europe, and uh, some of the reasons that Polish people decided to make a different choice this time than they did last time around. So take it away. So Marek, thank you so much for joining the Consumer Podcast. Poland has voted, and uh, if I'm reading the headlines, there's a lot of uh, things that will be changing in the near future given this election result. Can you run us through... Um, in 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 a, in a few you know in a bit of a summary here, what the big upset is about for those people who've just seen the headlines, what has this election started? The ruling party Law and Justice uh, won elections but lost majority in the parliament. Uh, it means that uh, there will be political change in in terms of the composition of the future government of Poland and. Law and justice were always put in the same camp as uh, Viktor Orban's government in Hungary, uh, also some other populist right-wing uh, illiberal government. So it seems that you know in some countries uh, uh, opposition was not so successful. In Poland, opposition was successful in uh, uh, winning with uh, with this populist that were using a lot of you know uh, tools of the government of state-owned companies to. Uh, make the campaign working on their on their side. So uh, political changes are uh, coming to Poland. Although we still have to wait another four six weeks before uh, the government, the new government, will be formed. And in this six we- six weeks, we may expect many you know uh, attempts to 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 change the situation. Uh, uh, when we look at the opposition parties, the, the biggest opposition party is Civic Coalition, uh, run by former head of the European Council, uh, Donald Tusk. Uh, and uh, the other uh, big opposition party is called Third Way, which is also the coalition of two parties, the EPP member PSL and uh, Renew Europe member uh, Poland 2050. And then there is the left, which is also the coalition of two parties, which are two left-wing parties. One is more moderate social democrat, and the second is more radical uh, left-wing party. The civic coalition is also the coalition of four parties. So what might be really, you know, interesting and also challenging for running the country is that it will be coalition of at least ten parties, but there are also some minor other groups inside this coalition. So uh, it will be more difficult than. For, for, for the Prime Minister to run the country with this group than for Jarosław Kaczyński, who only had three or four parties inside his own right-wing coalition. Yeah, it seems to be a common theme that uh, very often in countries that have uh, that have very strong uh, conservative-type uh, majority governments, that often the opposition um, has an opportunity of uh, of overcoming that step and forming a, a, a coalition, but that very often there's significant disagreements. What does that look like in Poland right now? The the incoming coalition uh, are those disagreements they 
you know, do they just really just dislike the current government or are there points of convergence where you can see that they can form a government that will actually hold together? This, these parties were uh, running uh, as individual committees in the elections, so there was no coalition or former coalition before the, uh, the elections and uh, uh, disagreements already started in the last uh, two days. Uh, but uh, they have quite strong majority altogether, 248 seats. In Poland, you need 231 to create a government and have majority in the, in the lower chamber of parliament. There is also the higher chamber, Polish Senate, and in Senate there was formal coalition. So in Senate the elections look a bit a bit like you know in U- in the UK or or the US. So you have just you know one seat in each of 100 districts, and then there is incentive to create coalition before elections because if you have just one candidate comp- competing with law and justice candidate, uh, then it's much easier to to beat them, and it worked. Uh, they they will have 66. Uh, senators uh, out of 100 so uh, vast majority in Polish senate which is not very you know strong in terms of legislative power but still can uh, uh, help the government or make the work of the government more more difficult so uh, in terms of uh, parliamentary coalition uh, you know you have people who are classical liberals and people who are from radical left it will be very difficult uh, in some areas to to rule the country in one area, I think there should be some, you know, smooth changes, and this is really important for Poland. I mean, the rule of law issues. This was discussed in Europe and in in Poland for many years. There was uh, there were attempts, and some of them succeeded to capture key institutions of the legal system. And here, you know, the the, the divisions between the left and liberals are are not as big as in the areas like taxation, regulation, uh, abortion. Uh, or, or, or some other topics that, that uh, appeared uh, in the last two days of discussions. There is, of course, uh, also Law and Justice, who is uh, very quiet since Sunday. Uh, uh, not so many you know, press conferences and uh, many key politicians of Law and Justice disappeared from public uh, sphere. Uh, some people claim that maybe they are you know, burning documents or destroying laptops. Some other claim that they are trying to negotiate coalition with the PSL, which is a party that had strong like peasant farmer base in the past, not so much today, and they're like EPP member. Uh, but uh, the leaders of this party said, uh, the leader of the, of the party said yesterday that no way, like, they, they don't want coalition with law and justice. Uh, they were attacked by law and justice and, and by the law and justice their policies in the last eight years were based on attacking everyone and demonizing everyone. Donald Tusk was presented as a German candidate or other parties as well. So, uh, so their, uh, attack, they, they, their abilities to form coalitions are very poor, while other parties have some much better you know, opportunity to, to form coalition. And there, there is also the last party that I didn't mention. This is Confederacja, Confederation, which is... Uh, mix of far-right nationalists, some free market conservatives, uh, uh, and uh, some a bit crazy people. Like they were, they are not, they are not in the parliament, but on the list they had people fighting with, you know, 5G, even Wi-Fi, and uh, uh, you know some other, you know, um, conspiracy theories that are killing us every day uh, by created by the world government. 
Uh, these people were, you know, on the lower positions on the list. They are not in the parliament, but uh, they only have 18 seats. So uh, they are not able to form coalition with law and justice. Law and justice attacked them as well very strongly because they were they don't didn't want to have co- uh, competition on the right. Uh, so maybe now they regret these attacks because they really don't have any coalition partner in, in the parliament. So it seems that law and justice has really driven itself into a one-way street there. And um, the, the, they've been in government since uh, 2015 and have made significant reforms. And the Brussels reading could be, if we just read the, the headlines, we could say, well, the Polish electorate has woken up to the regressive policies and the erosion of the rule of law, and now they have seen the light, and now they've changed their minds. Probably that's a very Brussels, a very singular Brussels reading uh, on, on Poland. What would you identify, and maybe we already have data on this, might be a bit too soon already, what was the driving factor for Polish people to make a dramatically different choice in this election than the previous ones? I think the key factor was that many people were dissatisfied by law and justice policies in the rule of law area, in economy, uh, inflation, uh, uh, failures in uh, other like government uh, economic policies. So uh, there was a big anger. Also, the uh, the uh, the propaganda that was you know spread by law and justice was something you know hated by the other side in public media. It was you know. Uh, sometimes even worse than during the 80s you know even the in the 80s i watched on 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 youtube some you know news programs and even then they know they were noticing during communism some weaknesses of the economy like you know growing inflation or some other problems and here each you know main news program in public media was about uh, uh, 100% successes no failures everything was perfect and you know i think even the viewers you know some of them maybe believed in everything but there were people who definitely you know noticed that if there is 18% inflation maybe not everything is so fine as presented in the in the media even some government media officials uh, admitted that maybe they uh, did too much that the dose of propaganda was 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 too much and uh, created anger on on uh, on the other part of the society the problem with these elections and this is why you know law and justice still won it's 35% to 30% of civic platform and, uh, and and the other parties of course uh, worse results but uh, but this campaign was not definitely not fair public media were completely captured by by the ruling party they were also using state owned companies and their money our money in theory uh, to promote themselves uh, they organized referendum uh, on the day of the elections this is a model tested by by Viktor Orban in Hungary uh, on some you know topics generated generating polarization and controversies so they ask about the uh, migration relocation policy of the EU uh, uh, the border wall on the border of Poland and Belarus uh, increase of the retirement age and uh, about privatization and these topics four top questions were asked they were asked also in a very you know uh, the, the, the way suggesting the, uh, the right answer and uh, they thought that this will help them in fact uh, uh, many people including our own organization Economic Freedom Foundation we did campaign to boycott the referendum to say no to participation in this political game organized by law and justice and we succeeded. The, the, the turnout at the referendum is only 41%. To have the valid result, you need more than 50%. Uh, 
and the turnout in the parliamentary elections, and this is very important information, uh, is 74%. So you can see how big, you know, 74 people went voting on Sunday, but only 41 said no to the, uh, only 41 said yes to the third referendum card and, and answered this, these four questions. Uh, we did our campaign, there are also other groups doing campaigning and this is like big success of NGOs and, uh, and uh, people critical to this, to use of the referendum uh, to, to promote themselves. And it seems it didn't help law and justice. I think many people notice that it's kind of the joke and, you know, uh, misuse of public funds because many state-owned companies were also involved in this uh, uh, propaganda campaign during the referendum. Uh, and and they failed. The the, the, the results are not valid, and uh, uh, and uh, and the answers of the questions don't don't matter. But of course, it was ninety percent for for each of the question for no 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 to the higher retirement age, no to privatization, no to refugees, and no to demolishing of the wall. But you can see how stupid these questions are. Like they already spent two hundred million euros on building the wall. Why should anyone spend another one hundred million on demolishing the wall? Like the wall is there. Like Maybe we can create doors if needed at some point, but who 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 would like to to you know spend taxpayers' money on demolishing? Like this is some you know maybe some perfect Keynesian dream. You know, you build something, then demolish it, but not really smart economic policy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of diversion uh, been attempted there with that with that referendum. Now, um, as per the uh, new government, well, well, it'll be pending what the what the president decides on on who will form the government. Maybe maybe there will be some delays, but let's put that aside. Uh, is Donald Tusk the most likely uh, future prime minister of Poland? And if he is. Um, could that create problems as in, well, it doesn't really seem like a renewal if the same person who had been previously prime minister returns? I think Donald Tusk today is different than Donald Tusk in the past. Uh, uh, in general, uh, there are many people expecting that he, as the leader of the party, will form the government. Uh, one, you know, this will be coalition of more than 10 parties or political groups. So we need a really strong leader to manage the things like the coalition like this, and 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 he is this type of person. He's he it, it is his you know success also that civic coalition uh, received more than thirty percent in the in the campaign. The party members were voting voting very hard. There were no quarrels between different factions. He is very strong in managing uh, in this you know human resources of political party. Uh, of course, other leaders would also like to have important positions, especially the, the third way. They, they are the, the third strongest party and, uh, and they have two leaders, uh, uh, Szymon Hołownia, who, who is former TV celebrity, uh, but he was quite successful in presidential elections, uh, gain, gaining third result uh, in 2020. And then Władysław Kosiniak-Kamysz, really difficult Polish name, but he's uh, uh, the head of this small uh, EPP uh, member party and, uh, and, and uh, also possible candidate to be deputy prime minister or, 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 or have an having, for having an important position in the uh, coalition. I, I think the one, one, one challenge will be composition of the government, but the other will be the coalition deal or contract, whatever they will sign. Uh, the PSL, the EPP member, they are the most conservative member of this group. And for example, they already said that for them, uh, abortion should not be a topic that is included in the 
in the coalition deal and for the civic platform and mostly for the left abortion is something that should be included uh, the, the idea is to have legal abortion until 12 week of pregnancy this is their proposal they promised during electoral campaign so this is you know the issue discussed since uh, yesterday when the leader of this farmers party wrote it on twitter the leader of social democrats one of the member of the social democratic party she said that maybe agriculture should not be part of the uh, coalition deal so uh, so you know you, you you already see these divisions uh, the civic platform would like more reasonable economic policy. There are already some leaders saying that we should first cross-check what is inside the public budget uh, before, you know, promising to deliver all these things that we promise. You know, we need to need the state of the uh, budget, the public finance, the uh, financial situation. And uh, some members of the left say, no, 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 we have to, you know, deliver immediately, you know, some new expansions of welfare state and, and so on. So that may, so we make sure that, uh, you know, some supporters of law and justice uh, come to our side and uh, economic policy will definitely be, be also the, the, the source of conflict. But I think there is big expectations among the Polish society that this new government will be formed. So I hope they will be able, you know, to form the government and maybe later st and, and do first things that are needed, meaning the rule of law, uh, rule of law changes, maybe do some control of the uh, institutions that, uh, you know, were misused, the public funds that were misused, uh, but, uh, and, and focus on, on more, you know, controversial issues for different parties in the second stage. And it might be a bit too early to tell, but I, I suppose if we look at foreign policy of, of any of any future government, I, I think on the issue of Ukraine, it seems pretty clear that Poland will, you know, maintain its current support of Ukraine. However, on the on the EU side, we're looking at uh, a possibly quite quite a change because Poland had been. Um, you know, considered in, in the council uh, for sure as, as one of the more problematic countries in its alliance with Hungary on, on many of the, 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 the rule of law issues. Do you think um, we are now going to be looking at a Poland that is much more involved uh, on in the European Union uh, um, also as we are facing elections yes, yes, uh, at, on an I EU know. level in, uh, in, in early 2024? What do you see the role of Poland being uh, in, the, in the years to come? Uh, with Ukraine, actually, you know, in the last weeks of the campaign, the, 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 the law and justice government was uh, uh, started some, you know, conflicts with the Ukrainian government over, for example, the grain uh, imports to, to Poland and, and the EU and uh, also about, you know, welfare state benefits to, to Ukrainians. Uh, you know, the, the, it was, uh, they were challenged by far-right Confederacja uh, party. Uh, uh, and uh, so, so these conflicts maybe sh should be, you know, uh, resolved. And uh, and uh, but in general, most of the parties in Poland support Ukraine in in the war with with Russia. Uh, definitely, uh, end of you know close relations with Viktor Orban uh, uh, in in the region. So, uh, but you can also see the changes in Slovakia with uh, FISO returning to, to power. So I guess cooperation in the region might be more difficult because uh, uh, Poles and Czechs might not be so willing to, to cooperate with new governments in Slovakia and, and, and Hungary. In the EU, all parties in the government are definitely pro-EU parties. These are members of EPP, Renew Europe, uh, 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 ALDE and uh, and uh, Social Democrats. So 
all big groups are represented in this coalition. Uh, and I think it's not only about, you know, not creating new problems regarding the, the EU law, the rule of law and, and things like this, but also willingness of many leaders in Poland for Poland to have stronger voice because of this conflict, Poland was like Polish authorities were focused on fighting Brussels instead of uh, uh, fighting sometimes for interests of Poland uh, and, uh, and and the region. Uh, for example, one example was you know the the laws regarding the transportation sector, the minimum wage laws. There are also many internal trade barriers that are you know created by big EU countries. Uh, to you know somehow go around the rules of the single market and and they were implemented uh, because uh, one one reason was also that you know law and justice was purely focused on you know they fights with Brussels and not really solving real problems and and being a strong power now i hope uh, that there will be you know more space for for Poland to to have stronger voice which i think in general uh, might be better because usually the new member states are not so you know willing to uh, to 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 have more regulations you know things like european union minimum wage and things like this like because they, they are more willing to fight with things that benefit all member states uh, which have higher gdp level and harm uh, uh, countries with lower gdp level which still have to you know catch up with the west so I hope there will be, you know, some some space to to have more reasonable economic policies at the at the EU level. This government is also, as the previous one, pro transatlantic relations. I, I don't see any space for 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 changes here uh, as well. And then I had one last question for you, and which is uh, identifying sort of the, the the key issues that you think this government needs to work on immediately. I mean, we we did talk about uh, you know some of the social policies and 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 the rule of law, but pending those, what would you identify, especially like on the you know public finances on the economic front? What do you what do you identify as uh, as 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 the, as the clear issues that need to be addressed uh, very quickly by the new government? Uh, I think the, the the first issue that should be uh, should be solved is this rule of law issues. I think the some policy changes that were clear, created by law and justice should be reversed, but not reversed. And you know we are returning to the previous model because uh, there were problems in the past, for example, with the speed of you know procedures and uh, uh, in the courts. Uh, both consumers, individuals, but also business people were waiting too long for, for, for the justice. So we need to make sure that uh, we improve both independence and the efficiency of the justice system. Uh, I also hope for some kind of uh, depolitization of the economy. I don't think, uh, you know, there will be initially very big, you know, willingness to privatize. Uh, uh, but... Uh, uh, but still at least you know to remove some political member party members from from state owned companies but replace them by you know some open competitions with people with real like you know skills competences to to run these companies uh, but in the midterm i hope there will be some space for for privatization maybe if not the biggest you know energy companies we still have you know uh, state-owned hotels or state-owned, you know, uh, cable cars. So, you know, this is definitely not something... Uh, this cannot be presented as strategic industries uh, that need to be protected by the government. So so I hope these smaller, you know, companies that are still owned by uh, government or, or, or with big shares of the government uh, can be can be privatized. 
the, another issue I think will be important is the media environment to you know make sure that uh, independence of the private media is protected and that public media is not like pure propaganda outlet. I hope the new government will not use the public media as the previous one. Uh, another important thing is improvement in you know works of the parliament. The law and justice had tendency to surprise uh, people, taxpayers, business person with uh, regulations, with new taxes, implementing something and saying, oh, in one month it's on the, you know, you have to pay this or, or uh, implement this regulation. So uh, we need to, you know, return to, you know, procedures, uh, consultations, discussion, uh, ability for uh, NGOs, business associations, trade unions as well to be present in the Uh, parliamentary procedures and making sure that you know there is some analysis regarding regulations regulatory impact analysis and so on uh, so see, this is also something that can be improved and i don't think it will not generate huge controversies between you know radical left and liberals because we, we may disagree about future of tax system but we would like tax bills to be implemented in the proper parliamentary procedure and not uh, you know change uh, uh, in a week so This, these are all important changes, although you have to remember that many changes will be very difficult because we still have president uh, that was elected by the Law and Justice Party and in Poland president has a strong veto power. Uh, to uh, reverse veto of the president you need 276 votes, if I am correct, uh, three-fifths of the votes of the parliament. The opposition, even with Confederacja, they will not have this majority. So. In theory, President of Poland can block every change uh, in the government for another two years before presidential elections. The, the other difficulty is that many institutions are now captured by you know, law, law and justice um, uh, nominees. Constitutional tribunal and to change judges, it's really difficult. They all have like seven years uh, old uh, long terms. Uh, uh, you have a central bank that is dominated by... by their candidates and uh, you know recently although we had inflation uh, four times higher than the inflation target they started to lower inf uh, interest rates just before elections to show everyone that the uh, situation is great uh, inflation is not a problem anymore but I will not be surprised if, if now surprisingly they will say oh now we'll hard with inflation very hard we'll you know increase the rates by three percentage points, uh, you know, to, to just make uh, ruling the party, party uh, the country uh, more difficult. And you have prosecution, public media, you know, to, to, change, to change people in most of these institutions, you need to change the law because they, there are special, you know, legislation that, for example, you need agreement of the, of the president or they implemented some council where terms uh, are for six years and they were recently, uh, the, the people there were recently nominated. So... It will be really hard to, you know, change these institutions and all of them may, you know, work against the government and uh, uh, made the, the life harder for them. Well, in any case, a lot uh, to do uh, for uh, all the political parties in uh, in Poland. It will definitely stay interesting and we will uh, keep uh, keep an eye on it. Thank you so much, Marek, for your analysis. And that concludes this week's episode of Consumer. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow Marek Tatawa on Twitter at Marek Tatala with an L. Uh, and, of course, the Consumer Choice Center as well at Consumer Choice C. Thank you so much for listening and you'll hear me on Thursday. You have to learn to pay to sell pressure. You just